And now I'd like to welcome Maureen Johnston and Nell McCafferty to the stage, who are founder members of the Irish Women's Liberation Movement and travelled on the train. <laughs> When I was a little girl, very many years ago, as you can see, I grew up in the Dublin tenements. And there were people, families living in one room, families, uh, enormous families, 10, 15, and more children. And in fact, my friend in school was the 21st child in her family. Now, they didn't all live because they just couldn't. The mothers were worn out. The fathers were usually away at some war, fighting somebody, and there was no money in the family. Uh, children were very badly dressed and fed, and so on. So, it was a tough time, and when I saw all these kids, I was only, I, I was a year and a half when my own father died, and I don't know whether to feel glad or so, sorry that he went, because if he hadn't, there probably would have been more than five of us in the family. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, uh, I eventually, I went to school, and I left school at 14, knowing absolutely nothing about what is known as the facts of life. But I left at 14 and went to work in a factory, and then things became different. I learned an awful lot in the factory. I worked in a shirt factory, and we were all, all the women were in rows at their machines, and uh, there were a lot of elderly women there. Like, to me, they were elderly. I was 14, and they were much older than me. And I'd noticed them always sitting, well, some of them, not all of them, sitting with bundles of shirts sitting on their laps. And I'd say, you know, why don't they take the, the shirt? They must be sweating there, you know, because I was sweating and I didn't have shirts on my lap. And I discovered that the reason why they had the shirts was because they were pregnant and they didn't want the boss to know that they were pregnant because the boss didn't even know that they were married. At that time, it wasn't just professional women who were dismissed when they got married. Factory workers also would be given their cards and told, you can't work here anymore, we only take single women. So, uh, I learned quite a lot about uh, pregnancy, although we never used that word. Uh, I didn't hear that until later on in life. And I never heard um, contraception until later on. I was about 20 when I heard the word contraception. But I was kind of determined in my mind that I didn't want to end up like that, with loads of kids living in a tenement house. So. I was a joiner-upper, that's what I used to call myself. I joined every organization that I could. And of course, in joining all these organizations, I fell into very bad company. <laughs> People like Nell here. 
Nell was later on in life, actually. But um, yes, I, I, I got married when I was 20. And um, in order to, uh, well, I, I found out a little bit, as I said, about the contraception. Uh, but um, I think at the time, I, I never heard that word. Anything like that was called French letters or foreign correspondence. <laughs> have, you, have you got your foreign correspondence? Make sure you have your... So, um, I learned uh, as well that these things, they, they, you couldn't buy them here, but you could get them sent from England. And I discovered that the Irish Times and some uh, women's magazines would have a little advert which said, um, for sale, rubber, rubber, <laughs> rubber goods sent under plain cover. <laughs> and all you had to do was put your um, postal order or check, if you had a check, put it in the envelope with a stamped addressed envelope and send it off to England. And it came back, even though it had an Irish stamp on it. But um, you, you got these things, you know. <laughs> a funny shape. And, uh, <laughs> you, well, they were very thick. And I used to, I used to ride a bicycle. And uh, any time the bicycle got a puncture, I was able to mend the puncture with these things. <laughs> Eventually, anyway, I, 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 I had... Uh, eventually, I ended up with... Um, I had um, three children. And uh, I came across, uh, as I say, people like Nell, Mary Marr, Maura Woods, Mrs. Guy. I had joined the Labour Party and I was mixing around with a few, um, you know, strange people, politicals. Yes, we used to discuss a lot of things about, um, like, what was happening in the country and uh, what was happening to women and inequality and equal pay and all that sort of thing. And we, we, we didn't meet like as, as meetings, we would meet socially and just discuss them. And then the, um, the Fianna Fáil government at the time, this would have been in the 70s, the 1970s, they um, introduced this commission on the status of women. And they um, uh, wanted them, to, these were women's organisations that were respectable women's organisations, not like us. But um, they uh, got together and they um, uh, produced a report. And at the same time, we were meeting and we, we ended up with our own report on what, what the situation was like. We called it um, Irish Women, Chains and Change. And it's only a small little typewritten thing. And uh, we did a little, each of us did a, a little study on our own particular, uh, whatever we were interested in and affected us most. And we got um, six, I think it was six points. And um, 
we decided to work on this. And then somebody came up, I don't know who it was, maybe Nell knows, with the idea that we should go on the train to Belfast and buy some contraceptives and bring them back. And this was debated in a, a much larger, larger group. We'd, we'd grown a little bit. And some of them agreed and some of them didn't agree. But anyway, we uh, decided to, to do that. And we, um, I wrote a little bit for the uh, program uh, of the uh, musical. And if I can see it, I'm blind as well as deaf and I'm a cripple as well, I can't, <laughs> but however. Um, I just thought that I'd, I'd, I'd write this in. Even after 40 years, can you hear me by the way, yeah? yeah? Even after 40 years, my memory of the historic contraceptive trip to Belfast um, on May the 22nd, 1971, is still fresh in my mind. I'm very proud to have been part of that courageous group of women from the Irish Women's Liberation Movement who challenged the ban on contraceptives in the 26 counties and by so doing eventually won the right for the women of Ireland to take control of their own fertility. It was also a day for my a day for um, uh, uh, family celebrations because my uh, son, the youngest son, was 12 years of age. He just had his birthday the day before we intended to go on the train. And uh, I decided that um, uh, to mark the occasion, uh, uh, because he was, he, was delighted, he was delighted when we said we'd go to Belfast. Uh, we'd uh, have a, because he, he being a young boy and Belfast being in the status wars at that time, he only wanted to see the soldiers with their guns. That's all he was interested in, to see them going around in their Saracens, is that what they're called? And um, so anyway, um, We brought my six-year-old daughter on as well. And to cap it all, I was three months pregnant. <laughs> so when we reached Connolly Station, about six of the founder group were already there with a number of other women who had uh, joined up after our first public meeting in the Mansion House in April. And it was very uplifting to see so many women most of whom were total strangers to me and to each other, who were very eager to join in the campaign on the contraceptive issue. Nell McCafferty and June Levine gave us a rundown on what we should do and where we should go when we reach Belfast. I don't know how Nell knew all these things. I knew June was married, but herself wasn't. <laughs> We were given lists with the names of all the contraceptives, such as the coil, the diaphragm, the loop, spermicidal jelly, pills and condoms. We were all looking at this. Most of us had never seen or heard of any of these things, except condoms, which we knew to be French letters. The intention was to buy a variety between us all. 
Although contraceptives were illegal in the 26 counties, it was possible for people with money to obtain them by going to the north or over to England. It was also possible to buy them through advertisements in the English papers, as I mentioned before. Uh, the rubber goods, I, I mentioned that about me using them as, um, to mend my bicycle. Um, well, because of the political situation in the north, we intended to go immediately to the chemist shop, buy our contraceptives, and then go for a bite to eat, after which straight back onto the railway station, no sightseeing or hanging about. Now, the chemist I went into was highly amused at the crowd of women from Dublin who didn't know a coil from a condom. We didn't, know, we didn't know anything. Neither did we know that apart from the spermicidal jelly and the condoms, all the others had to have doctor's prescriptions. I settled for the jelly, although I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I didn't, I didn't know whether you put custard on it or cream. Uh, back at the station, we decided on our strategy when we reached Connolly Station. That's when the nerves began to set in. Nell asked me to be the first <laughs> to refuse to hand over the goods. <laughs> when the customs officers asks, she said, when the customs officers ask if you have anything to declare, tell them you have the pill and that you're not going to hand it over. Show it to them and then pop it into your mouth and swallow it. I was taken aback at this and I said, I can't, Nell. I didn't buy the pill and anyway, I can't swallow the pill because I'm three months pregnant. <laughs> I don't know what Nell thought of that, but anyway. The train was quite packed on the way home and we were dispersed throughout the, the carriages. Now, I should mention that in those days of long ago, long, long ago, the trains were not the same as trains you see today. There was a corridor down one side of the train and there was little carriages in off each one and they held about, I suppose, eight or ten people. So, uh, I found myself uh, with my kids. We were isolated from, because there were so many people, you, you got into a carriage wherever you could and I was isolated from the rest of them. Uh, and I was surrounded by strangers. As the train slowly entered Connolly Station, I became aware of the noise and the shouting on the platform. Looking out the window, I couldn't believe my eyes. There were absolutely hundreds of people carrying placards shouting, let them through, let them through. So I, I, was, I thought this was fantastic, it was great. I spotted Maureen de Borca, uh, who hadn't come up with us because she was arranging uh, the welcome home. Uh, and behind her was Maura Woods and Mrs. Guy. Uh, so, so many people to welcome us back. It was all I could do to keep hold of my kids as we made our way to the barricades set up by the customs men. It was then I knew that my number was up and that I was about to be arrested. 
Now, I didn't know all the things that were going through my mind. I didn't know what was going to happen to the kids. But however, anything to declare, asked the customs man. He was on the other side of uh, a row of tables, along with a number of other officers. I looked along the line of men, and I was terrified. But when I looked at their faces, they were more terrified than we were, <laughs> because there were hundreds of women, and there was only a few of them. And we could really have... <laughs> done what we liked with them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the customs man said, anything to declare to me? I, I replied, jelly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to keep my voice from shaking. And you're not getting it, it's mine. And if anybody looks at the program uh, on TV called uh, Rolling in the Years, and they do it very often, it's, it seems to be on every week. I only wish to God they'd pay me for it. I'd be a millionaire now. <laughs> and as, as, as the thing rolls on, there I am, and I'm standing there, uh, young, brown hair, different completely from what I am now. Anyway, uh, you're not getting it, I said, it's mine. I held it up before him, but he made no effort to take it from me. We all declared our goods, but none of, none of us handed over our Ill illegal devices. The barricade of tables was removed, and amid triumphal cheers and singing, we made our way out of the station singing, we shall overcome. <laughs> Um, Nell then rounded us all up and marched us all over to Store Street Police Station, demanding that they arrest us. <laughs> and the, the guards didn't come out. They didn't do anything. Isn't that right, Nell? They didn't. And that's how you have contraception today. Yeah.